Here we are, back for another At The Movies, episode 7, already, of season 3, where we talk about independent films and speak with some independent filmmakers. Um, today's episode is going to be interesting, going to be a wild one, because I don't think either of us knew much about this movie going in. plucked from a list of top uh, top indie films of the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film is Butter on the Latch by Josephine Decker. Um, first of all, I just, not to get too off topic, but I do want to say I apologize. I've realized that uh, I'm the Kanye West of this podcast because I'm never on time. Um, so I'm sorry, friend. <laughs> it's all right, Friendo, bud. No uh, you got another pod. We got two podcasts to do, and then you got a third one after this. You're marathon man in this. And I got a and I and I edited shooting the bit before this, and I got to edit at the movies, and then I got to start my new job tomorrow. <laughs> Big Sunday. Big Sunday for me. Back to back to the old uh, Sunday scary. So that's fun. No blame. I I empathize with you there. Um, I get them all the time. So I hope that the new job goes well. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, definitely. So, Butter on the Latch. Again, and this is kind of fun going into something with zero. Like, I didn't even watch the trailer. Um, and Yeah, I didn't either. I, when I pulled the movies, this is probably the only one where it's like, I had never heard of this before. Um, I Like, I hadn't heard of Manifest Destiny Down before either, but that was one you picked. This is one where it's like, I don't even remember the blurb that I read that convinced me to pick this. Um, so I just went in totally blind. And when you watched it yesterday, you watched it before I did, you sent me a message and said, buckle up for this one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, is it good? Is it bad? And you were like, just watch it. Yeah. I didn't so, want to give you my kind of take on it before you watched it because it is a film where like you kind of have to go in blind and come out with your own sort of. I don't know the review or yeah conclusion with it yeah it's tough it's it's uh what do you know what do you know about mumblecore mumblecore is it the same as like mumble rapping it's not (laughs) um trying to think if it's kind of connect I mean so mumblecore is this kind of style of filmmaking um like I said she so before this we were sound checking and I was talking about it a little bit but um Josephine Decker has some other films I haven't seen, but uh, she has collaborated with a director named Joe Swanberg, who I really enjoy, who's done Drinking Buddies, and he's done segments for the VHS films, and he's directed episodes of Love. And so Mumblecore is like this style of movie that's supposed to be very realistic, and I would call this a Mumblecore film. Uh, In terms of dialogue, it commonly the script is a lot more scarce and it's more of like a, the actors in the scene need to get from point A to point B Well, and how they get there, the conversation they have, whatever. I don't know and how much you've read, but you know, there's like no script for this film, right? Yep. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I'm, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, uh, I did not expect this to be like that. Um, as soon as the girls have that first conversation in the bathroom when they're catching up, it felt very, real to me it also felt very like intimate 
Uh, yeah. The, the cinematography in this is like bonkers. Um, and like, like it can be disorienting at times, a lot of close up stuff going on, but I think it worked for the material that they were, that they were shooting. Yeah, I would agree with you. And before we get too much into it, I think it's interesting that like this group of people, this production crew that Decker worked with is very similar to our dynamic. It was a team of three that went in with just a DSLR, which is what we use to shoot all our stuff with too. So the similarities between what they're working with and uh, like what we are is kind of interesting as you read through this. It's very similar. You know, there's three of them, there's three of us and kind of we're working with the same, same equipment. So if anything out of any of these movies so far, out of this season, if anything is like kind of like got relatable, it's definitely this one. It's interesting you say that too, because I was gonna say we we talked about it a little bit on the Call Girl Cthulhu episode, but like when I looked at this, it felt like an independent film, but it did look like a movie to me. And I don't know what that says about like like this looked like a real movie to me. Uh, I mean, it was shot weird, almost borderline found footage in the way that it was shot or yeah. like they had a documentarian with them. Um, handheld, like a lot of handheld stuff. And maybe that helps. Maybe that is like how you kind of blur the line or blur the edges between just using that kind of camera and having it feel yeah. more realistic than, you yeah, know. I guess in like kind of to think about it, the more that you try to make it look like a real film, the more you almost, cross that line where it doesn't so kind of like the realistic nature of this film did help its look and overall feel as a film but i but i'm interested i'm interested as uh, we go in there before we start like giving our takes on it i wonder if we're on the same level of this film or if like maybe one of our opinions are lower or higher than the other one because this is the first time we really like I mean, we've watched movies not that together before, but usually we talk about them at least a little bit before the pod. But this is the first yeah. time we're both going in and, like, we haven't talked about it at all. So it'll be interesting. Do you want to give – do you want to start or do you – how do you want to do this? Yeah, I guess – yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm down to start. I'm down to be the first one to kind of fly out. And uh, so I'm going to preface what I'm going to say by saying, like, this is not a normal film. So you can't grade it like a normal film. And I think it would be disingenuous to kind of like put this on and grade this against like other films because it's, it's, it's an exper it's it says right in it. It's an experimental film, which it is. And Josephine Decker started out as a performance artist. And it's very evident while you watch this film, it's like watching a performance piece, like go, go like go on. Now at first I was like, man, everything in this film is so blurry. Like, at first, I was like, everything is blurry. I was like, this is crazy. And, like, I don't really understand the direction for that. But as the film went on, I appreciated the blurriness more because the way I interpret this film is like a dream. And I don't know, right or wrong, it's my interpretation, is it felt like you were watching a dream. Like, how you dream faces, like, faces were blurry. Some, like, faces you could make out when there's like panic going on, it's like really intense, but you can't really figure out what's going on or you can't really escape it. It was honestly the same as like having, having, having a dream, but it was on your TV. You're almost basically watching Sarah have a dream. And that's what I liked about this film. Now, 
I liked it in its universe. Like I liked this film when you take it outside of film. I I did enjoy watching it overall, but I don't feel like you can compare it to other films and kind of give it that grade of like, oh, this was a because it's so different. It's such a different like experience and. I haven't seen many things that have made me feel like this is a completely separate experience from film. Almost, if you know what I'm saying. So that's kind of my initial take on it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think even the runtime being like an hour and 10 minutes, this doesn't play by any rules. You know, like it doesn't really fit in the world of short film. It doesn't really fit in the world of feature film. Uh, It is something totally separate. And to your point, there's another movie that I just watched recently called Black Bear that I talked to you about a little bit. Um, And I would compare this to that in the sense that I have never seen anything quite like it. And I am definitely attracted to feeling that that gives. I feel like, you know, that means to me, whether I love the film or not, to me, that means like, oh, they succeeded in making me feel and experience something that like no other film has that alone is you know very impressive to me um but beyond that honestly i think i kind of love this and it took me a little bit to like realize that at first i was definitely kind of like not sure what's going on here just kind of feeling it out um but as it went on the it's very um lean like when i say it's 70 minutes it's like there's there isn't really a waste of yeah. time or anything like the, the, you know, the, the characters and their relationships are established very quickly mm-hmm. uh, between uh, Sarah and the other girl's name is old. Get it wrong. Is old. Is old. Um, their relationship feels like real, like right off the bat. Um, it feels yeah. It feels like a real like friendship. They were going through their own kind of certain situations and getting mad at each other. It's like how like real, real friends would operate in this situation, which is interesting. And to your point, like putting them, it is a very dreamlike. It's so interesting. They put them in a Balkan music, uh, camp. Like the setting is such, is such a bizarre thing of these two people that, and you don't even really hear how they got there, but I'm, I'm assuming the idea is kind of like these two friends or, or people that have maybe lost connection a little bit decide to do this like weekend getaway thing where a bunch of white people are going to learn about Balkan music and play the drums and probably smoke weed and you know that kind of thing yeah just have sex do whatever they want kind of be free for a week and definitely felt that way and it seems like the stuff you're talking about too with the characters or the people that are kind of just blended into the background it feels like they're almost cooked into like the setting where the, the main characters you need kind of stand out or characters come and go, like the lady who tells Sarah that, you know, an evil spirit can take something over and can, can make it evil. Well, that's... You know, she comes, she does her bit, and then she leaves. Well, and, yeah, so we are, we are kind of approaching the yeah. interesting pivot in this film. That was probably the point in this movie, and I don't know about you, this is the point when she first had that conversation, because I will admit, when this film, oh, when this film first started, I was like, I don't think I really like this. Like it was blurry. And like I said earlier, and I just was like, there's no clear direction, but right when she was talking and even maybe a little bit uh, before I started like piecing together the story a little bit. And when she was talking and they were going through like this, like 
folklore about what's going on i was like oh this story makes sense and that's kind of i was like it's like a dream it's like surreal and you start seeing that lady that was like dancing but you can't see her face and then it that scene cuts and it's like a tree person and then that kind of gets explained to you you're like okay there's something there's something happening here but it's not really like stated what's going on i was like all right i'm kind of in it now yeah so, and to recap for people, I'm sure if you've probably watched it, if you uh, if you're listening to this, but the ending of this film, essentially, the the tension that builds is that Sarah begins to see a one of the campers. His name is Steph. Um, she thinks he's cute. Uh, Isold thinks he's annoying, and so Isold starts to take it like very personally that uh, Sarah is spending her time with Steph and they get into a fight one night after his old gets drunk and they're trying to get back to the cabin. Um, and so eventually, um, you know, Sarah talks to this lady that tells her about the folklore of the area. And at the end of the film, her and Steph sneak off to have sex and she keeps like hearing something in the distance and like being distracted. And then, uh, ultimately winds up drowning Steph uh, and then not really knowing like what to do and going back to camp. And then she just kind of uh, stews in that. And there, it's, it's not like it's anticlimactic, but there's not much of a, the ending is definitely open for interpretation. Um, this is what I loved about it is that four things like go through my mind and I don't know which one is true, but I love the option that they're all there. Like, um, it is old put the curse on her like the evil spirit like did she have the opportunity to do this um was it a random occurrence like was it an accident did something just like go wrong like uh did the evil spirit take over sarah and then exit her body like uh was it this tension that she had between her friendship that led her to do something crazy like there's there isn't a clear explanation for why this event happened but it, in that sense, like the rest of the movie, to me, it feels very realistic when it's happening. And I like that you don't necessarily have a clear motive. You kind of have to sit with her and watch her reaction to what happened and see her like freak out and then kind of accept it and kind of have to try to go back to camp and act normal. Um, and for other movies, that's where like that would be the yeah. end of like act one. Mm -hmm. And for this, it's the end of the film. But it, it really works for me. I think it's, it's kind of like a small scale. Uh, again, it, it reminded me of something maybe that we would write if we were writing a short film or something where we say like, all right, yeah. we're going to take it to this point. I agree with you on that. You know? And it's like, it speaks, it speaks volumes to something I've said time and time again. My biggest, my biggest complaint with films is when they go past, they should. And this one kind of sat right on that mark. Like they knew when to cut it. They knew when to stop. And they kind of left you hanging a little bit. They left it up for interpretation. Like, that's great. And that was perfect. I don't like, you know, there's so many other films. And I think when you try to do your first film, people try to do too much. And they keep it going. Or they try to, early on, they explain. They give us too much information. Like they could have easily been like, okay. They could have done that scene where Sarah was talking and they could have explained all of the weird stuff to kind of set the scene. And then it wouldn't have been as cool as we start seeing like, like the universe kind of flip. So I'm really happy with the way they ended up telling the story, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, 
I like that this movie doesn't treat its audience uh, like they're dumb. Like, uh, it is also, you know, we love movies, so this is not me, like, bashing on other movies that do this, because a traditional film has exposition, and this movie is, like, guerrilla style, just drops you in the middle of the woods, and the exposition is left for you to gather yourself through, you know, several scenes of kind of character building and relationship building, and in that sense... Uh, it does not treat the audience like they're dumb. And this is not a movie that's going to be for everybody. And if you don't like it, it doesn't mean that you're dumb. Uh, you know, some people are not going to click with this style of filmmaking. But yeah. from a personal standpoint, it just felt kind of fun and exciting to have a filmmaker be like, you're not dumb. You're going to pick up on this eventually. Be patient. Stay with it. And they kind of leave you the crumbs and the, and the sticks that, to pick up to gather your exposition. And then they send you off. You know, yeah, to touch on your point, like this is, you know, how there's like, you know, people say like, oh, they're a comics comic. Like this is a filmmaker's film. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like if you're like if you're a casual watcher of films and you're just looking to kind of just like spend some time and killing some time, like watching film and watching action, like you might not enjoy this. And that's fine. Like every film doesn't have to be for everyone. It doesn't have to be this cookie cutter experience just to get the vast majority of people to enjoy it. This really felt good for people like in our shoes that are studying film, that study film, that are interested in film, that make our own uh, content, make our own films. It was really nice to see. And I enjoyed it throughout the whole. It, yeah. It feels like, um, and you, you made this point earlier, but it feels very validating in a way that like, it's a reminder for us that like we can do whatever we want like the medium is ours there aren't rules that we have to play by if we want to tell a certain story uh you know because we are you i gotta know what flavor was you you took a sip you made a face what are you what are you drinking there i don't know it's a pink gatorade zero and it tastes like watermelon kind of or no it's like watermelon strawberry just as berry it was interesting (laughs) just berry yeah, you made a face. I'm sorry. No, like, what I'm trying to say is it tastes like cotton candy. That's what I'm trying That's the uh, word. That's the word I'm trying to say. Yes. It's like a strawberry. I don't know. It was interesting. I wasn't sure at first when I tried it, but. I'll tell you what, tangent, and then we'll get back to the point I was making. Um, I got the new. Look, I'm not a big regular soda drinker. Every once in a while, a regular Coke. It's what you need, but I, especially like Mountain Dew, like I would never really buy like a full flavor Mountain Dew or anything. No. Not a big Mountain Dew drinker in general, but I am here for the gimmicks and I'm here for Halloween and they have released their mystery flavor of 2021 and I bought a bottle last night to try it. So we got 2019, the flavor was candy corn. 2020, the flavor was Skittles. This year, I think. Spoilers. I think the flavor is gummy worms. Oh. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, I took two sips of it and said, I'm never going to drink this again. But at least I know. I think it's gummy worms. Yeah, that's one thing I draw the line on. I don't like weird tasting or drinks is where I draw the line. Food is where Aaron draws the line. Uh, drinks is where drinks I draw the line. Drinks where you... Well, we had the same reaction to the pineapple Fanta, but I will say that well, not I was, the same. I, I about was, I I almost threw up. We didn't. <laughs> I was a, I was a fan of the Pepsi Blue, and you you rejected the Pepsi Blue very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right, back to Butter on the Latch. It just feels validating to know that, essentially, um, there are times where we're going to want to play by the rules because we want our film to be considered this or that or to be accepted into this competition or something. But there's other times where, you know, we started this company with a specific goal of, like, doing things our own way, not having to move to New York or L.A., like, being able to make features or shorts or whatever we want to do from pencil or from yeah like from pennsylvania and um this just is like serves as a very fun reminder that like there's there are ways to tell stories uh you know like it, it, i i th- again obviously not a big i have not looked at the budget but it was an independent film and so the idea that you and i could get a bunch of extras go out into the woods and shoot something like this have it be 70 minutes and not play by any rules uh that's exciting yeah that, that opens up a door for us that we probably mentally would close every once in a while because you do get into the habit of thinking oh a feature has to be at least 80 minutes you know i have to have some i have to tell this traditionally i have to you know xyz uh, oh 100 percent, man and i think it's I don't see anything about the budget, but there is one thing that I would like to read about the actual production of this. Uh, uh, the crew consisted of only three people, a Decker, uh, Connor, which is Ashley Connor, who did the uh, cinematography for this and a sound recordist. Decker had a background in performance art and Connor's background was an experimental film. So they created a new visual style for the film, which synthesized both of these. Most of the acting was improvised, which proved difficult to keep in focus with the shallow depth of field of their DSLR camera. But Connor decided to use the blurriness of shots intentionally to help tell the story. The film was shot over six days at an actual Balkan folk music camp with additional pickup shots filmed during post-production. There you go, man. It's, isn't it, it's, I mean, you called it earlier, but it's, it's, it is like, also that thing of embracing your greatest weakness you know they run into this huge issue where they're getting blurry shots all the time and to just be like all right well yeah let's use this to tell the story and i think it does like i think it works um fairly well i actually was gonna say it's so it really comes down to the film because we look at old we just talked about old and some of the cinematography there some of it was good And then some of it felt very jarring. You could argue that that was the intention, but it was like unpleasant. Yeah, there's Um, a there's there's a there's a fine line between using these techniques to tell a story. And then like once you cross it, you're watching this film and you're like, I have a headache. You know, and that like I'm not like like I'm not talking about butter on the latch. I'm talking about when we watch old. So I just want to specify that. But like. While in old, like the tricks that they were using were cool in parts, other times I'm like, please stop, like you're gonna make me sick. Yeah. Yeah, I think and and so butter in the latch, I think it's very successful in the way that it uh not only incorporates this disorienting kind of filmmaking style, especially at night, uh, which again helps tell the story. It's kind of this story of like, oh, when night falls on this village or this like forest that you're in, not everything is what it seems. You know, and, and it and they're inebriated, so it, like, adds to this, you know, the disorientation aspect of the cinematography really works for me. And the film, I think, pretty seamlessly goes from normal daytime interactions to, oh, no, like, something weird is happening, 
to back to it's the next morning. You know, things are normal. You, you, know? you know what one of my favorite scenes were uh, when we talk about things getting weird is when they're out in that field and they're both wearing like wedding dresses or white dresses and it's not filmed. It's just a bunch of stills put together like stop like stop motion that was one of the most interesting things i've ever seen in films and that gave me and what it does is it puts something in our like arsenal now like that's what watching these films you're like that was cool i might use that in the future i don't know when i don't know how i don't know where i don't know for what but but i'm like but it's something there now something there now i'm like i that might be cool to use this and that's the value of this movie uh beyond just personally enjoying it which i did very much um i think that like you know part of the reason we do the show in this whole season is to kind of reflect on the tricks that independent filmmakers use and find new ways to tell stories so that when we move forward with our storytelling, we can kind of have this arsenal going forward. And this movie is, is one that I don't think I'm going to forget. Like this might be one of the most useful or memorable films that we watch, uh, purely just from do how different it is from everything else we watched. Um, that for me gives it just a ton of value for filmmakers to watch this. I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this gets a strong recommend for me if you're interested in film. Like, if you have a passion for film or you have a passion for studying film, this gets a strong recommend for me. Which six, like six minutes into the film, I did not think I would be saying. That's awesome. I I, I agree. I would. I would, anyone, yeah, anyone who, even if you're not a filmmaker, I would say anyone who just likes film as, like, an art form, who isn't afraid to spend an hour and ten minutes being uncomfortable with how the story, or not uncomfortable, but being, uh, you know, being patient and just kind of letting the story unfold in front of you, because it it does click. Um, It just takes its time, and it's very, like I said, it doesn't treat you like an idiot. So if if you are you feel like this is up your alley if you like stuff like that um highly recommend this did not know what i was walking into and really just honestly like i said i I mean i again i personally enjoyed this so i would say that like i love the movie regardless but beyond that it was a valuable experience it was gonna stick with me truly so um things are gonna be a little bit different next week um i believe that i have our film nailed now but okay. I don't want to say anything because we are going to be, I believe, working. I believe we're going to have a guest. Nice. A guest filmmaker who is going to chat with us about uh, their both the recent film that we're going to watch, their most recent film, in addition to their upcoming film, which is in post right now. It comes out in 2022. Um, I guess this is all theoretical, so I don't know why I'm going into explanations about the guest that I'm. 90% sure we're going to be recording with. Uh, it could be the week after, but I think that that's what's going to happen. I don't want to announce it quite yet. I want to nail down the details, but keep your eyes out. We will be posting on socials to let you know what we're watching, where you can watch it. Um, so more to come, but we are working on some very cool things for the end of the season. Um, and hopefully you can expect a couple of guests here. So, uh, yeah. yeah more to come and i think that's something too like if you know anybody or you yourself are making film or you have a have a film coming out and you'd like to come on this podcast and talk about it 
message us because that's one thing that we love to do. We want to we want to showcase your film. We want to talk about your film, and we want to pick your brain about your kind of trials that you had while you were filming it. So if you know anybody or you are one yourself, hit us up. Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's all I got. Join our Patreon um, if you have a few extra bucks. Uh, do you want to give our shout-outs? Do you want to give the shout-outs this time? Yes. Jay Irvin and Dylan Painter. Nice. Thank you. I know I know the names. I know the names. If you're watching the video, you'll see I didn't have any nope. other written on my hands. He did that um, he did that cold. Wasn't expecting it. He got that from his mind. Thank you guys very much. And if you would like to join them, you can do so for less than a cup of coffee a month. Um we got to do, we, we really want to get more people in here to watch these movies with us. We think it'd be a lot of fun to uh, watch movies for the show together every week. We try to do two watch parties a week. Um, we could probably do more than that if people if people joined and wanted to watch a movie, not for the podcast. I mean, I'm sure that we would be down. Uh, so, uh, among a bunch of other perks, um, if you like the show, please consider it. If not, if you can't afford it, uh Thank you just for, for watching and for listening. And uh, word of mouth goes a long way. So if you feel like sharing something or telling a friend about the show, uh, that's also very much appreciated. Yeah, greatly appreciated sharing for sure. And uh, that about wraps it, I think, for At The Movies this week. Sure you got anything else? I don't. No, uh, just uh, join us on Thursday for After The Movies where we're talking about the vicious fun. And uh, yeah, we'll be in the same clothes because we're going to record it right now. So <laughs> join us on Thursday. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you later this week. Have a good one, everybody.